Act Four of The Birth of Merlin, The Child Hath Found His Father by William Shakespeare and William Rowley. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Four, Scene One Before a Ruined Castle in Wales. Enter Clown, Merlin, and a little antic spirit how now uncle why do you search your pockets so do you miss anything ah cousin merlin i hope your beard does not overgrow your honesty i pray remember you are made up of sister's thread i am your mother's brother whosoever was your father why wherein can you task my duty uncle yourself or your page it must be i have kept no other company since your mother bound your head to my protectorship i do feel a fault of one side either it was that sparrow-hawk or a cast of merlin's for i find a covey of carducas sprung out of my pocket why do you want any money uncle sirrah had you any from him deny it not for my pockets are witness against you yes i had to teach you better wit to look to it pray use your fingers better and my wit may serve as it is sir well restore it there it is ay there's some honesty in this twas a token from your invisible father cousin which i would not have to go invisibly from me again well you are sure you have it now uncle yes and mean to keep it now from your page's filching fingers too if you have it so sure pray show it me again yes my little juggler i dare show it ah cleanly conveyance again ye have no invisible fingers have ye tis gone certainly why sir i touched you not why look you uncle i have it now and no ill you look to it here keep it safer <laughs> this is fine in faith i must keep some other company if you have these sleights of hand come come uncle tis all my art which shall not offend you sir only i give you a taste of it to show you sport oh but tis ill jesting with a man's pocket though but i am glad to see you cunning cousin for now will i warrant thee a living till thou diest you have heard the news in wales here uncle let me prevent your care and counsel twill give you better knowledge of my cunning you would prefer me now in hope of gain to vortiger king of the welsh britons to whom are all the artists summoned now that seek the secrets of futurity 
the bards the druids wizards conjurers not an aura specks with its whistling spells no capnomancer with his musty fumes no witch or juggler but is thither sent to calculate the strange and feared event of his prodigious castle now in building where all the labours of the painful day are ruined still in the night and to this place you would have me go well if thy mother were not my sister i would say she was a witch that begot thee but this is thy father not thy mother wit thou hast taken my tale into thy mouth and spake my thoughts before me therefore away shuffle thyself amongst the conjurers and be a made man before thy comest to age nay but stay uncle you o'er slip my dangers the prophecies and all the cunning wizards have certified the king that his castle can never stand till the foundations laid with mortar tempered with the fatal blood of such a child whose father was no mortal what's this to thee if the devil were thy father was not thy mother born at carmarthen diggin for that then and then it must be a child's blood and who will take thee for a child with such a beard of thy face is there not diggin for that too cousin i must not go lend me your ear a while i'll give you reasons to the contrary enter two gentlemen sure this is an endless piece of work the king has sent us about kings may do it man the like has been done to find out the unicorn which will be sooner found i think than this fiend begotten child we seek for pox of those conjurers that would speak of such a one and yet all their cunning could not tell us where to find him in wales they say assuredly he lives come let us inquire further uncle your persuasions must not prevail with me i know mine enemies better than you do i say thou'rt a bastard then if thou disobey thine uncle was not joan go to it thy mother my sister if the devil were thy father what care not thou to any man alive but baileys and brokers and they are but brothers-in-law to thee neither how's this i think we shall speed here ay and unlooked for too go near and listen to them hast thou a beard to hide it wilt thou show thyself a child wilt thou have more hair than wit wilt thou deny thy mother because no body here knows thy father or will thine uncle be an ass bless ye friend play what call you this small gentleman's name small sir a small man may be a great gentleman his father may be of an ancient house for aught we know sir why do you not know his father no nor you neither i think 
unless the devil be in ye. What is his name, sir? His name is my cousin, sir. His education is my sister's son. But his manners are his own. Why ask ye, gentlemen? My name is Merlin. Yes, and a gossip was his father, for what we know. For I am sure his mother was a windsucker. He has a mother, then? As sure as I have a sister, sir. But his father you leave doubtful. Well, sir, as wise men as you doubt whether he had a father or no. Sure, this is he we seek for. I think no less. And, sir, we let you know the king hath sent for you. The more child he, and he hath been ruled by me, he should have gone before he was sent for. May we not see his mother? Yes, and feel her too if you anger her. A devilish thing, I can tell ye, she has been. I'll go fetch her to ye. Exit. Sir, it were fit you did resolve for speed. You must unto the king. My service, sir, shall need no strict command. It shall obey most peaceably. But needless tis to fetch what is brought home. My journey may be stayed. The king is coming hither with the same quest you bore before him. Hark! This drum will tell ye. Within drums beat a low march this is some cunning indeed sir flourish enter vortiger reading a letter proximus with drum and soldiers etc still in our eye your message proximus we keep to spur our speed Astorius and Octa, we shall salute with succour against prince uther and aurelius whom now we hear in camps at Winchester. There's nothing interrupts our way so much as doth the erection of this fatal castle, that spite of all our art and daily labour, the night still ruineth. As erst I did affirm, still I maintain, the fiend-begotten child must be found out, whose blood gives strength to the foundation, it cannot stand else. Enter Clown and Joan, Merlin. Ha! Is't so? Then, Proximus, by this intelligence he should be found. Speak, is this he you tell of? Yes, sir, and I his uncle, and she his mother. And who is his father? Why, she, his mother, can best tell you that. And yet I think the child be wise enough, for he has found his father. Woman, is this thy son? It is, my lord. What was his father? Or where lives he? Mother, speak freely and unastonished. That which you dared to act, dread not to name. In which I shall betray my sin and shame. But since it must be so, then no great king... All that myself yet knows of him is this. In pride of blood and beauty I did live. My glass the altar was, my face the idol. Such was my peevish love unto myself, 
that i did hate all other such disdain was in my scornful eye that i supposed no mortal creature worthy to enjoy me thus with the peacock i beheld my train but never saw the blackness of my feet oft have i chid the winds for breathing on me and cursed the sun fearing to blast my beauty in midst of this most leprous disease a seeming fair young man appeared unto me in all things suiting my aspiring pride and with him brought along a conquering power to which my frailty yielded from whose embraces this issue came what more he is i know not some incubus or spirit of the night begot him then for sure no mortal did it no matter who my lord leave further quest since tis as hurtful as unnecessary more to inquire go to the cause my lord why you have sought me thus i doubt not but thou knowest yet to be plain i sought thee for thy blood by whose direction by mine my art infallible instructed me upon thy blood must the foundation rise of the king's building it cannot stand else hast thou such leisure to inquire my fate and let thine own hang careless over thee knowest thou what pendulous mischief roofs thy head how fatal and how sudden pish bearded abortive thou foretell my danger my lord he trifles to delay his own no i yield myself and here before the king make good thine augury as i shall mine if thy fate fall not thou hast spoke all truth and let my blood satisfy the king's desires if thou thyself wilt write thine epitaph dispatch it quickly there's not a minute's time twixt thee and thy death <laughs> a stone falls and kills proximus ay so thou mayst die laughing ha this is above admiration look is he dead yes sir there's brains to make mortar on if you use them cousin merlin there's no more of this stone fruit ready to fall is there i pray give your uncle a little fair warning remove that shape of death and now my lord for clear satisfaction of your doubts merlin will show the fatal cause that keeps your castle down and hinders your proceedings stand there and by an apparition see the labours and the end of all your destiny mother and uncle you must be absent is your father coming cousin nay you must be gone come you'll offend him brother i would fain see my brother-in-law if you were married i might lawfully call him so exeunt joan and clown merlin strikes his wand thunder and lightning two dragons appear a white and a red they fight a while and pause
what means this stay be not amazed my lord for on the victory of loss or gain as these two champions ends your fate your life and kingdom all depends therefore observe it well i shall heaven be auspicious to us thunder the two dragons fight again and the white dragon drives off the red the conquest is on the white dragon's part now merlin faithfully expound the meaning your grace must then not be offended with me it is the weakest part i found in thee to doubt of me so slightly shall i blame my prophet that foretells me of my dangers thy cunning i approve most excellent then no my lord there is a dampish cave the nightly habitation of these dragons vaulted beneath where you would build your castle whose enmity and nightly combats there maintain a constant ruin of your labours to make it more plain the dragons then yourself betoken and the saxon king the vanquished red is sir your dreadful emblem oh my fate nay you must hear with patience royal sir you slew the lawful king constantius twas a red deed your crown his blood did cement the english saxon first brought in by you for aid against constantius brethren is the white horror who now knit together have driven and shut you up in these wild mountains and though they now seek to unite with friendship it is to wound your bosom not embrace it and with an utter extirpation to rout the britons out and plant the english seek for your safety sir and spend no time to build the airy castles for prince uther armed with vengeance for his brother's blood is hard upon you if you mistrust me and to my words crave witness sir then know here comes a messenger to tell you so exit merlin enter messenger my lord prince uther and who else sir edal the great general the great devil they are coming to meet us with a full power my lord with a full vengeance they mean to meet us so we are ready to their confront at full march double footing we'll lose no ground nor shall their numbers fright us if it be fate it cannot be withstood we got our crown so be it lost in blood exeunt scene two open country in wales enter prince uther edel cader edwin toclio with drum and soldiers stay and advise hold drum beat slave why do you pause why make a stand where are our enemies or do you mean we fight amongst ourselves nay noble edel let us here take counsel it cannot hurt it is the surest garrison to safety fie on such slow delays so fearful men that are to pass over a flowing river stand on the brink to parley of the danger to the tide rise and then be swallowed 
Is not the king in field? Proud Vortiger, the traitor, is in the field. The murderer and usurper. Let him be the devil, so I may fight with him. For heaven's love, sir, march on. Oh, my patience! Will you delay until the Saxons come to aid his party? Attack it. There's no such fear. Prithee, be calm a while. Hark! It seems by this he comes or sends to us. If it be for parley, I will drown the summons, if all our drums and hoarseness choke me not. Enter Captain. Nay, prithee, hear. From whence art thou? From the king, Vortiger. Traitor, there's none such. Alarm, drum, strike, slave, or by mine honour I will break thy head, and beat thy drum's heads both about thine ears. Hold, noble Edel. Let's hear what articles he can enforce. What articles or what conditions can you expect to value half your wrongs, unless he kill himself by thousand tortures, and send his carcass to appease your vengeance for the foul murder of Constantius, and that's not a tenth part neither? Tis true. My brother's blood is crying to me now. I do applaud thy counsel. Hence be gone. Exit Captain. We'll hear no parley now but by our swords. And those shall speak home in death-killing words. Alarum to the fight! Sound! Sound the alarum! Exeunt. Scene three. A field of battle. Alarum. Enter Edel, driving all Vortiger's force before him. Then exit. Enter Prince Uter, pursuing Vortiger. Dost thou follow me? Yes, to thy death I will. Stay, be advised. I would not be the only fall of princes. I slew thy brother. Thou didst, black traitor, and in that vengeance I pursue thee. Take mercy for thyself and fly my sword. Save thine own life for satisfaction, which here I give thee for thy brother's death. Give what's thine own, a traitor's heart and head. That's all thou art right lord of, the kingdom which thou usurpest, thou most unhappy tyrant, is leaving thee. The Saxons which thou broughtest to back thy usurpations are grown great, and where they seat themselves do hourly seek to blot the records of old brute and Britons from memory of men, calling themselves hingest men and hingest land that no more the Britain's name be known. All this by thee, thou base destroyer of thy native country. Enter Edel. What, stand you talking? Fight. Hold, Edel. Hold out, my sword, and listen not to king or prince's word. There's work enough abroad. This task is mine. Alarum. Prosper thy valour as thy virtues shine. Exeunt. Scene four. Another part of the field of battle. Enter Cater and Edwin. Bright victory herself fights on our part, and buckled in a golden beaver, rides triumphantly before us. Justice is with her, whoever takes the true and rightful cause. Let us not lag behind them. Enter Prince. Here comes the Prince. How goes our fortune, sir? Hopeful and fair, brave Cador, proud Vortiger, beat down by Edel's sword, was rescued by the following multitudes, 
and now for safety fled unto a castle here standing on the hill but i have sent a cry of hounds as violent as hunger to break his stony walls or if they fail will send in wild fire to dislodge him thence or burn them all with flaming violence exeunt scene five another part of the field blazing star appears flourish trumpets enter prince uter edel cader edwin toclio with drum and soldiers look edel still this fiery exhalation shoots his frightful horrors on the mazed world see in the beam that's bout his flaming ring a dragon's head appears from out whose mouth two flaming flakes of fire stretch east and west and see from forth the body of the star seven smaller blazing streams directly point on this affrighted kingdom tis a dreadful meteor and of portend strange fears this is no crown of peace this angry fire hath something more to burn than vortiger if it alone pointed at his fall it would pull in his blazing pyramids and be appeased for vortiger is dead these never come without their large effects the will of heaven be done our sorrows this we want a mystic python to expound this fiery oracle oh no my lord you have the best that ever britain bred and durst i prophesy to your prophet sir none like him shall succeed him you mean merlin true sir wondrous merlin he met us in the way and did foretell the fortunes of this day successful to us he's sure about the camp send for him sir he told the bloody vortiger his fate and truly too and if i could give faith to any wizard's skill it should be merlin enter merlin and clown and see my lord as if to satisfy your highness pleasure merlin is come see the comet's in his eye disturb him not with what a piercing judgment he beholds it whither will heaven and fate translate this kingdom what revolutions rise and fall of nations is figured yonder in that star that sings the change of britain's state and death of kings ah he's dead already how swiftly mischief creeps thy fatal end sweet prince even merlin weeps he does foresee some evil his actions show it for ere he does expound he weeps the story there's another weeps too sirrah dost thou understand what thou lamentst for no sir i am his uncle and weep because my cousin weeps flesh and blood cannot forbear gentle merlin speak thy prophetic knowledge in explanation of this fiery horror from which we gather from thy mournful tears much sorrow and disaster in it tis true fair prince but you must hear the rest with patience i vow i will though it portend my ruin there's no such fear this brought the fiery fall of vortiger and yet not him alone this day is fallen a king more good the glory of our land the mild and gentle sweet aurelius our brother offended heaven 
he at his royal palace sir at winchester this day is dead and poisoned by whom or what means merlin by the traitorous saxons i ever feared as much that devil ostorius and that damned witch artesia sure has done it poisoned oh look further gentle merlin behold the star again and do but find revenge for me though it cost thousand lives and mine the foremost comfort yourself the heavens have given it fully all the portentous ills to you is told now hear a happy story sir from me to you and to your fair posterity methinks i see something like a peeled onion it makes me weep again be silent uncle you'll be forced else can you not find in the star cousin whether i can hold my tongue or no yes i must cut it out <laughs> you speak without books sir my cousin merlin knows true i must tie it up now speak your pleasure uncle mm, 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 mm. so so now observe my lord and therefore behold above yon flame-haired beam that upward shoots appears a dragon's head out of whose mouth two streaming lights point their flame-featured darts contrary ways yet both shall have their aims again behold from the igniferent body seven splendent and illustrious rays are spread all speaking heralds to this britain isle and thus they are expounded the dragon's head is the hieroglyphic that figures out your princely self that here must reign a king those biformed fires that from the dragon's mouth shoot east and west emblem two royal babes which shall proceed from you a son and daughter her pointed constellation northwest bending crowns her a queen in ireland of whom first springs that kingdom's title to the britain kings <coughs> but of your son thus fate and merlin tells all after times shall fill their chronicles with fame of his renown whose warlike sword shall pass through fertile france and germany nor shall his conquering foot be forced to stand till rome's imperial wreath hath crowned his flame with monarch of the west from whose seven hills with conquest and contributory kings he back returns to enlarge the britain bounds his heraldry adorned with thirteen crowns he to the world shall add another worthy and as a lodestone for his prowess draw a train of martial lovers to his court it shall be then the best of knighthood's honour at winchester to fill his castle hall and at his royal table sit and feast in warlike orders all their arms round hurled as if they meant to circumscribe the world 
He touches the clown's mouth with his wand. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, that I could speak a little. I know your mind, uncle. Again, be silent. Strikes again. Thou speakest of wonders, Merlin. Prithee, go on, declare at fool this constellation. These seven beams pointing downwards, sir, betoken the troubles of this land, which then shall meet with other fate. War and dissension strives to make division, till seven kings agree to draw this kingdom to a heptarchy. Thine art hath made such proof that we believe thy words authentical. Be ever near us, my prophet and the guide of all my actions. My service shall be faithful to your person, and all my studies for my country's safety. Mm, mm, mm. Come, you are released, sir. Cousin, pray, help me to my tongue again. You do not mean I shall be dumb still, I hope. Why, hast thou not thy tongue? Ah, yes, I feel it now. I was so long dumb, I could not well tell whether I spake or no. Is thy advice we presently pursue the bloody Saxons that have slain my brother? With your best speed, my lord, prosperity will keep you company. Take, then, your title with you, royal prince. T'will add unto our strength. Long live King Buter. Put the addition to it that heaven hath given you, the dragon is your emblem, bear it bravely, and so live long and ever happy, styled Uther Pendragon, lawful King of Britain. Thanks, Adel. We embrace the name and title, and in our shield and standard shall the figure of a red dragon still be borne before us to fright the bloody Saxons. O oh, my Aurelius, sweet rest thy soul. Let thy disturbed spirit expect revenge. Think what it would, it hath the dragon's coming in his fiery wrath. Exeunt. End of Act 4.